Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, Hi, Claire. Me, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm slightly perturbed about my uh, my lockdown hair, which oh, is my, completely. I'm too. I've not had a haircut in in absolutely weeks. Yeah, me neither. So um, yeah, I'm feeling completely feral at the moment. You know. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you so much for joining, um, guys. This is Claire Pooley. Um, author, TEDx speaker, and blogger. I had the uh, privilege of speaking to her over the weekend about just the experiences um, she's had in her life. She has a very inspirational story. And today we're going to be addressing the age-old question of whether it's possible to make money doing something that you love. So uh, Claire, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and just your story? Yeah, sure. Um... I uh, I started my career in advertising, so I spent 20 years um, making ads. I, I made ads for brands like um, Kit Kat and okay. uh, Shell Oil um, and um, the Evening Standard newspaper and Rolex watches. I mean, you know, uh, personal washing powder, all sorts. The whole um, spectrum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was, you know, classic rat race stuff. You know, I was always looking at the, you know, for the next, um, the next big challenge and the next big promotion and the next big uh, client. And, um, you know, it was, I was driven by, uh, you know, just wanting to t- make the next step in my career. And, um, you know, but my passion had always been writing, reading and writing and, um, you know, it's just my big job and working hard and playing hard just got in the way. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't do any writing for, for years and years and years. And then about five years ago. So, if that might yeah. be asking, how, how old were you when, when you realized you first had this passion for writing? Is it something that you've had since you were a child? Or oh, yeah, it... yeah. Since, since, I was, you know, since I was five, as long as I can remember. You know, I used to write a diary and I used to write little short stories and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'd send them off to magazines and the magazines would send them back again. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but, you know, that was, that was always, always my passion. Um, so anyway, I ended up 20 years in advertising and um, working hard, playing hard. And uh, by this stage, I had three kids. And um, when my third kid was born, it was just, you know, I, I had a bit of a meltdown. I just couldn't cope with all of that work and trying to bring up three kids as well. And I thought I'd take some time out and just be a sort of stay-at-home mom. And I thought, you know, this would be, I couldn't spend my whole time making perfect cupcakes and, and fancy dress costumes and all that sort of thing. Um, and it wasn't quite as easy as I thought. And, yeah. Um, what I used to do is I'd get to the end of the day and I'd pour myself a large glass of wine to chill out. And that large glass of wine turned into two and that turned yeah. into three. And before I knew it, I was drinking a bottle of wine a day and my life was a, a bit of a mess. And you know and what? It, did, and I, I, was anyone aware of 
this shift from that glass of wine to the bottle of wine, or was this something that you kept to yourself and didn't really talk to anyone about? Uh, well, you know what? I was so ashamed that I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my husband. I didn't yeah. tell any of my friends. Um, and I decided to quit drinking, but I was too scared to join AA or, um, or you know, talk to anybody, even my GP. So um, what I decided to do is to read as, as much as I could about alcohol addiction and um, and to start blogging because I thought actually it would be good therapy to write about what I was going through. Yeah. And um, and that was the first writing apart from emails or PowerPoint presentations that I'd done for, you know, for decades. And, yeah. and it became my new addiction. It became my therapy and it kept me sane. And every day I would write my blog. Um, and Every day? Every day, every day okay. for about, you know, I spend about an hour um, writing. I'd spend some time researching and, you know, but it didn't, it wasn't a chore. I had to do it because if I didn't write, I felt um, edgy and sort of uh, antsy. So writing became my therapy. It was, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was really helpful. And not only that, but through writing this blog, um, about you know the problems that I was having and about um, alcohol addiction, um, I met people, thousands of people all over the world who were going through exactly the same thing as me. Yeah. yeah. So and and there was you know it became a huge community. So it really kept me on the straight and narrow because I felt if I if I sort of fell off the wagon that I would take down thousands of other people like a, like yeah. dominoes. So, so, yeah, so that's when I started writing. Um, and for the people at home, so the blog that Claire is referring to is Mummy Was a Secret Drinker. And um, that blog managed to turn itself into a book I've just started reading, so The, the Sober Diaries, um, which was your, your first memoir. So yeah, if you set, right. set the scene for, for us, how, how, how did that happen? How did you manage to take almost you know, difficulty that you're having in your life and turn it into um, a book? Well, um, you know, after I've been blogging for about a year and I was blogging anonymously because I didn't want anyone to, to know, you know, to, to know what I was going through. And so I called myself Sober Mummy. That was my pseudonym. Yeah. And um, after I'd been, been uh, blogging for about a year, more and more people started saying to me, um, you know, it would be really helpful if you turn your story into a book. Because, you know, what I discovered is that, you know, one of the main problems with alcohol addiction is that you feel so alone. You know, you feel like you're the only person in the whole world who feels this, like this and is having these sorts of issues. And, um, you know, and what people told me is is that my story made them feel less alone and, okay. and I thought if I turned it into a book it would reach more people so um, so I uh, wrote a proposal I sent it to a number of agents and um, and then you know eventually I managed to get myself a, a book deal with um, Hodger and Stoughton who was sort of one of the big publishers um, and uh, yeah so so this book came out um just over two years ago now and okay. um it's it's already it's in three or four languages um and sells sells around the world still so 
Um, you know, and since since I published that book, I've had thousands of messages from people saying how much my book, my story, helped change their lives. So, so yeah, so that that was that was the the memoir, and uh, and then um, I loved the writing so much that um, I wanted to carry on. So, so I thought, actually, why you know. I, why not try writing fiction? And uh, and this book, um, the Authenticity Project. Authenticity Project, yeah. Yeah, that was published three months ago, um, and uh, it was really inspired by my own experience because I thought, well, if telling the truth about your life can change other people's lives in amazing ways, then what would happen if other people did it? So the Authenticity Project is a story of six strangers who all come across a little green notebook and write the truth about their lives in that notebook. And it's about how that changed their lives in, in amazing ways. So, so yeah, so that's what I've been through in the last five years. Um, so I went from, from being a bit of a mess to actually having a whole new career and um, being able to spend my life doing something that I'm really passionate about, which is writing and through writing, helping people. So, yeah. That's fantastic. And, you know, so my, me, myself, I aspire to write a book one day and it just seems like this huge, insurmountable task. Um, how did you find the time to do it? And, you know, was, how were you able to motivate yourself to write even though you didn't know it was going to turn into a book and there was no money necessarily coming from the project. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, it's only, you can only really do it if you're passionate about it. And, you know, what, I mean, I, I didn't start writing to make money. Um, in fact, when I started writing my blog, I deliberately didn't make money because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have advertising on the blog. I didn't want to be sponsored. I didn't want to feel like I was taking advantage of anybody who was reading it. Um, you know, I did it very much because I had to, not because I wanted, I wanted to make money out of it. And, you know, I, it's, it is quite, it's difficult to make money out of writing. So I think mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to be passionate about it. And you almost, you have to start in a way as a sidebar, you know, you have to have your day job effectively and then write on the side and you know I wrote every morning at five o'clock in the morning um, and, okay. <laughs> um, because you know firstly it's a really quiet time of day and secondly I, I feel like some people are night owls and some people are, are morning people and, and I find that in the morning I can think much more creatively and much more laterally than I can you know, late when once the day starts getting in the way. So I woke up every morning at five. I still do. I write from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then in the afternoon, I, I edit. Um, and I think you can only do that if um, you can only do that if it's your passion. And but, you know, making money out of something that is your passion is I, I think everybody's everybody's dream, because, you know, I if if I didn't make a single penny out of writing, I would still do it. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I have to do it. It's, it's what, it's what keeps me sane. <laughs> so. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, like we, we mentioned this over the weekend, um, one of my personal heroes, Warren Buffett, his career advice is to 
take a job no matter what the the starting salary is and, and to work as if you're already independently wealthy and when I heard that it really resonated with me because um, it is really easy to do something that you don't like so that you can you know you're living in London living costs are really high rent bills etc so it you know the the temptation to sacrifice your happiness for security is, is there but I think that if you can do something that you're passionate about, then you will excel at it. And if you get to the top of your field in any area, then there will be money to be made just because of the way the world is. And because of, you know, the internet, you writing at home are able to touch thousands of of, of people. Um, so I don't know. I, I do try as much as I possibly can to stay true to myself. And if I find, you know, for too many weeks in a row that I'm doing something that I don't enjoy, I, I, I do try and question myself and, and see whether I can change course. Mm. Um, without going into any specifics around figures, um, has going from working in advertising to being um, an author changed your approach to, to money or um, um, yeah, is, it, is it still an I, issue I or a concern? There's a big difference between being on a salary and making money from doing something creative because yeah. a salary, you get the same amount in every month and, you know, you can plan and you know what's coming in and what's going out and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's relatively straightforward. If you work in a creative um, industry, then, um, you know, your salary one day can be like hit, hit up here and the next day it's going to be down there. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult to know what, uh, what your income is going to be from one week to the next, let alone from mm. one year to the next. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the trick is to, um, uh, to, give, to pay yourself a set salary from, you know, from your account and, um, you know, and try and keep to that whether or not, you know, so even at the bumps, if you like. So, yeah, so yes, yeah. it's, it's very much it's changed the way that, that I have to to approach finances because it's it's much more it's much more um, unpredictable. Um, yeah. And then thinking about this question of um, like security versus passion, you've got three kids. What would you what would your advice be to them if they were in your shoes? If they were in what externally looked like quite a prestigious job? but they had something they were passionate about, which wouldn't necessarily pay as much money. What would you say to them? That's a really good question. And it's really tricky, isn't it? Because, um, you know, it's security is, is very, is, is very seductive, but, um, actually I, I believe now looking back at my life that if you are doing something, um, that you don't really love, you'll never be really good at it because you won't be able to put in the hours. You won't be able, you know, to do anything well, you need to, you need to put in so many hours of, of training and, you know, reading around the topic of sort of, you know, just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's difficult to do that if you're doing something that your heart isn't really in. Um, mm. And you know, although although doing a creative job is is and being self employed is really frightening in in many ways, um, it's you know I, what I've sort of what I've learned I guess is that 
I, th I thought you had to plan life. I thought you always had to look at what your next goal was, what you had to achieve next. And actually what I realized is where I made the biggest difference in my life was just almost when I was just open to see what would happen next. And that went against everything that I'd always believed. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I sort of, you know, I, I, what I've discovered over the last five years is you just take one step, you do what feels right. And what, what, uh, you know, what, you know what feels where where your heart goes at the time and then you see what happens next and it what tends to happen is that another door will open and then another door will open and then another door will open and you know and I think that's what happens when you follow your heart so I would like to think that I would encourage my kids to do that but you know every mother um, you know, finds themselves thinking, oh, be a lawyer, be a doctor, <laughs> be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the advice I got when I was, um, when I was younger, definitely. I, I studied law at university, but didn't go on to practice. Yeah. Um, we just had a comment from um, personal finance coach, great advice on budgeting when you're self-employed. So yeah, when, when I, my um, personal finance coach um, is, a, is a great um, money uh, Instagrammer and um, speaks to people about their finances um when i've spoken to people who are self-employed it's a similar sort of uh, process where you get lumps of money in and you pay yourself mm. a salary out of that so that you can take the unpredictability and turn it into a predictable yeah. uh, situation and of course you always have to remember that that at some point you're going to get a tax bill so so keeping enough aside to pay the tax bill is, oh, yeah, of course is, taxes is crucial because otherwise that one comes as a bit of a shock and, you know, again, if you've been in a, in a salary job, you know, you have, it's P-A-Y-E, you know, you don't even notice the tax being paid. It just goes. So, mm. uh, so, so yeah, so that's also something you have to get used to is, is saving up the tax. So did you, did you set up as, um, as a self-employed person or as a limited company to do uh, your... I, I started off as a self-employed person and now I'm a limited company. So, so I've, done, I've done both. Um, and I think it swings and roundabouts as to, to yeah. you know, which works best. Um, yeah. I, I do now have an accountant for the first time in my life. And I have to say that, that it made me feel really grown up. <laughs> the first time I had a meeting with my accountant, I sort of thought, God, no, I've really made it now. It took yeah, me yeah, yeah. To, you know, to, to quite a, a grand old age to feel like I was sort of, you know, a properly grown up person. And that did it. <laughs> yeah. I also have another question for you, which is, right, so you've spoken about what you'd say to your kids. What about um, to people in general? Do you think that the life that you've been able to create yourself is feasible for the majority of people? Or do you think that there's an element of being in the right place at the right time um, when it comes to being able to say, you know what, I'm going to sack in my job and I'm just going to focus on my passion. Is that something that's possible for everyone, do you think? Um, I, to be honest, I'm, I wouldn't do it that way. I think if you're, the sensible way to do it is to follow your passion while you're doing the job, because right. you know, and I, I didn't make a single penny out of writing for, for the first three years of writing every single day. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, so I, I think often the wise thing to do is to stick with your day job and follow your passion um, around the outsides until you get to a point where you can see that that uh, that your passion project is viable and then you can ditch the day job but ditching the day job first is a 
you know, is a, is a very risky thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got to pay rent and the bills and, you know, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so most people who take up writing um, write alongside something else. They write on their commute. They write like I did at 5 a.m. in the morning. You know, they write late at night. They write in their lunch break. Um, yeah. Cool. So there's um, a few rapid fire questions I'd like to ask you, that, um, like to ask guests on the Mr. Money Jar Show. Um, first of them is, what's the biggest money mistake you've ever made? Oh, God. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many. <laughs> I went through so much of my life sort of um, getting to the, you know, when, when my salary would come in at the beginning of the month, it would, uh, it would only, um, it would only just pay off my overdraft, you know, and I would start the beginning yeah, of the month there. at zero. So, that was much of my uh, life at university. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I guess the main mistake that I've made over, you know, over a number of years was was just to spend an absolute fortune on overdraft fees. And, you know, and I, I, I should have done something sensible, like wrapped it all up into a, a, a low interest loan. And, you know, but yeah, every month I would pay through the nose on on uh, on overdraft fees. I did that for decades. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that's probably my my worst, uh, my worst financial issue. Yeah, zero percent loans, zero percent credit cards are really good. Like balance transfer credit cards are really mm -hmm. good for that as well, um, if you have a good enough credit score to get them. Okay, cool. Um, second question is, if you were to win the lottery um, today, how would you spend the money? So you won, say, ten million pounds. Oh, I love travel. Um, I would, uh, I, and the great thing about do writing or you know, sort of being your own your own boss, being self-employed, is you can do it from pretty much anywhere in the world. So if I won the lottery, I would travel all over the place. Um, and I don't know what I do with my kids. Actually, <laughs> that's <what laughs> with me. I suppose they got school. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to spend it on traveling. Great holidays, great sort of, you know, I, I can picture myself writing from a little beach hut somewhere. That would be, that would be awesome in a hammock. Yeah, but, Ho uh, hopefully that'll be possible once um, I travel begins to open back up again. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's a real shame what's going One on at day. <laughs> um, And that question, what are your 10 year money goals? No. Um, oh, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting on a bit now, so um, <laughs> you know, so, so I mean, I I suppose I ought to think more about pensions and and that sort of thing. So I guess my money goals are to try and make sure that I have a secure income for the future, that I can help my kids when you know with university fees. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's really about um, uh, you know it sounds horribly sensible, doesn't it? But I guess yeah, no. the age where, where you have to be sensible. So no, I I think the particularly the pensions thing, um, it's going to be a big one. Um, I think for people in my generation, they say you need to put something like fifteen percent of your take home pay away. I've read a few reports on this to be able to have um, enough of a pension to, to live off. 
the minimum pension contribution is something like 8%. So the vast majority of people are underfunded and just won't have enough money or will have to work until they're very, very old. Because I think my, my pension age at the moment is 68. Um, and it will inevitably increase the closer I get to that age. So um, in the work that I do, I, I bang on about pensions all the time because I think they're vastly overlooked. Mm, yeah, I mean, it is crucial, and especially if you're in a, you know, if you're in the sort of business that I am, I have no idea whether people will still want to read stuff that I write in five years' time. You know, I just don't know. So, you know, so it is, it's hugely sensible to put money away for, for, uh, for you know, hopefully a, a long, a, a long retirement. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Although, you, you know, uh... I, I can't see myself ever retiring. I mean, if, you know, I, I will carry on writing for, you know, even if people don't read anything I write, even if nobody pays me to do it, I'll, I'll yeah. still write, I'll still write something, you know, so, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'd like to think the same thing about Mr. Money Jar. Um, I sometimes feel really bad for my girlfriend because I spend so much time, you know, designing things and writing things and so on. But um, the key to it does seem to be to be willing to do something regardless of the income it makes or regardless of anyone reads or, or consumes it. I, I think that's right. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes if you chase money, it's, it's elusive. You just have to you have to do what you feel is, is right. And and what you you know, I, I think you need to do what you think is, is right for you and what's right for the for other people. I think actually if the, often the, the best ideas and the best careers come out of being unselfish, um, surprisingly. So, uh, mm. yeah. So um, where can people find you? Um, if people want to pick up your, your books, um, where can they get them from? Uh, well, the uh, the books are available in um, uh, in bookstores, but um, also online. So, uh, waterstones.com, uh, amazon.com, uk, um, all the usual places. So, uh, so that's the Authenticity Project and Sober Diaries, and Sober you can find Diaries. me on Instagram, Twitter, um, and I'm on Facebook as Sober Mummy. So, uh, yeah, and on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Claire Pooley. Wicked. Thank you so much for joining us today, Claire. Um, it's a pleasure. I think you have a really inspirational story. Um, I hope, like you, to one day to be able to, to write a book. And um, yeah, I've, I've made a start on the Sober Diaries myself, so I'll, I'll be letting all you guys know what I, what I think about it <laughs> as I uh, finish it. Oh, well, I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, and best of luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks, um, everyone at home, for... No, it's been for it. thank you. Thank you for thank you for chatting to me. I've enjoyed it hugely. Thank you. Not, not at all, Claire. Thanks everyone at home for uh, tuning in to uh, this week's Mr. Money Jar show. Um, actually, we have two episodes um, on this week. So if you hang about until Thursday, I'll have an announcement for you guys. Um, otherwise, wish you all uh, a great evening. Bye. Bye-bye.